Hi, my name is Adam, and I've never seen Gremlins. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Fine I'll Watch This. My name is Johnny. I'm Bridget. And today we are continuing our holiday movie month, and we are looking at 1984's Gremlins, a quintessential Amblin 80s nostalgia hoot. Yes. Um, <laughs> the first, uh, one of the first movies to be released under the Amblin. Yes. Oh, like the one E.T. Of... Amblin logo. logo. Amblin. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, because I think E.T. is 83 and... 82. 82, and this is a couple years later, so that makes total sense. Directed by Joe Dante. Uh, really, his fame is this movie. He's done Small Soldiers, mm. produced a few things. He did The Burbs, which is also on our list, a Tom Hanks sleeper that I have not seen, so we'll have to watch that at some point. But yeah, comedy, horror, holiday, classic in some people's eyes. Adam, you have not seen Gremlins. I have not seen Gremlins, no. I've Why seen the... merch aplenty for Gremlins. <laughs> I've seen every manner of figure and doll and t-shirt and whatnot, but no, I have never seen never seen Gremlins. And what the hell do you know about it? Uh, quite a bit, I think. I know uh, Mogwais are the creature, and that if you feed them after midnight or get them wet, maybe, they turn into Gremlins, and... I don't know if this wetness a thing, or is that like a later sequel thing, or am I just completely no comment? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, so I know that they're these cute, cuddly little creatures. I feel like they get picked up in Chinatown. I want to say, like, I feel like a you know a sketchy back gambling den of a Chinese restaurant is something where you'd pick one of these up, like a black market. Oh, we got these mogwais. You better watch out. And then if you feed them after midnight or get them wet, or it's a list of rules that I'm sure the kid at the beginning of the movie is given and then completely disregards them for the rest of it. They turn into into gremlins who all have, seems like they have their own personalities and eat whatever and just cause general mischief. Like, I don't think it's terror. I don't think we're talking good guy doll levels of destruction and mayhem. I don't think. It seems more kid-friendly than that, uh, but I could be completely wrong and maybe I'm just seeing what sequels have changed th those creatures into, and those are more of the ones with the personality and the... Like, I've seen figures where they're, like, wearing hats and look like they're going on vacation, uh, like carrying, like, a little suitcase or something. So I I don't know if that's all from sequels. Bridget's laughing over here. Um, Sorry, that just tickles me. I, I don't know if it's because I'm so wrong or because I'm so right. I don't know. Um, or Bridget's just picturing gremlins in little hats, and that's, that's, just, yeah, and that's funny enough. Funny image, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's basically all I know about it. I don't think I know anybody that's in it, or I don't know if the gremlins are voiced. Like, I don't know if they have their own dialogue, or if it's all just like, meh, 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 like a Minions kind of, like, you know, something or other. So I don't, uh, I don't know to that extent, and I don't know any of the details of the plot, other than I'm sure it's Mogwai turns into gremlin, runs amok, and hilarity, and possibly scariness ensues i'm not quite sure that's it that will be it for another episode of fine i'll watch this <laughs> jesus dude have you seen this or not i have not no i honestly have not but it's one of those things where like it's it's in popular culture it's yeah yeah you know it's permeated so much and i'm sure i've seen a million things simpsons family guy futurama 
all manner of things. And I feel like the don't feed it after midnight is a saying, but not like it has anything to do with anything. Like, I feel like you'd be like, you'd tell that to the babysitter as a dad joke before you left for the night. Like, all right, like they got to be down, but like, don't feed them after midnight because they'll turn into gremlins. You know, something stupid like that. Sure. Um, so, (laughs) so I feel like I know a lot about it, but also know nothing. Cause like, I don't know anything that happens in the course of the movie other than a, a Mogwai's getting fed after midnight or wet or, um, you know, doesn't put the star on the tree and gets angry and turns into a grandma. Like, I don't know. I don't even know okay. how it, like, goes with Christmas. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have known this was a Christmas movie had you guys not told me. So I'm assuming okay. it's maybe a Christmas gift or it takes place around the season or something. But I no idea what the connection possibly could be or what any of the, like, plot is. Okay. And Bridget, full transparency, not feeling too well? Not feeling too hot right now. Um, This is just part of my transformation into Joey Lauren Adams, I guess. (laughs) Um, Part of her commitment to the show as well. (laughs) Um, But yeah. So Johnny, you have seen this movie. Yes. What's your history with it? Uh, This was like a VHS classic for me that we, I always watched. Again, like I mentioned, it's that... Goonies, E.T., mm-hmm. Monster Squad, kids that left to their own devices, teenagers battling otherworldly bullshit mm-hmm. to amazing scores and scenery. And uh, I don't think we mentioned it, but even though it's an Amblin uh, production, one of the first ones, it is actually executive produced by Steven Spielberg. Okay. And it's also, I think, the first movie that Chris Columbus writes or pens oh, okay it is yes which kind of jumps off his career okay um like so, good work good christmas work good okay gotcha yeah. I was like, good work the movie yeah <laughs> um i don't but uh yes yes good work yeah yeah, yeah he does good work that's he does good work yeah. yes i didn't say all of the words i meant to say. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's my fault i'm only going to talk in two word sentences for the rest of this just um, to make Bridget feel okay and comfortable. Thank you. We're all just going to do short phrases. Yeah, I'll do all the talk in this one. <laughs> but yeah, I, this movie is a total blast. It just had, and the holiday vibe is there throughout. There's not really a time jump. I think it happens over the course of a weekend or something like yeah. that or a week. But yeah, I don't know. It is, it's nostalgia. The cover is amazing. It's just a cover of like a Christmas present box with a hand coming out of it or something. Okay. I ha- yeah, I have seen that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't want to, I mean, I would say giving, I don't want to give too much away, but Adam knows the whole movie at this point. So yeah. I feel like we can just talk about the See, ending. See, but right I think, <laughs> I think there's still, there. this movie has a lot of surprises. Um, I rewatched it recently for the first time as an adult, maybe like a couple of years ago. And I, remember feeling a little bit shocked by it um but i had the same sort of thing it was a vhs classic um something that we watched with my father all the time like on his weekends that sort of thing gremlins was like one of those movies um but i think my first introduction to it was similar to adams at my grandparents house one of my aunts had all the different action figures mm. like from the original release mm-hmm. of the movie that they had kept. So cute little mogwais and stuff. <laughs> but they also had a scary gremlin one, which scared the shit out of me and Brendan. Mm-hmm. So like we had like they had to take it like out of the toy box and I remember they hid it in some random drawer in the living room. 
And so, like, if we were like, ooh, let's, let's go scare ourselves, so, like, open up the drawer, like, ah! like, <laughs> like, see them. Well, better that than, like, the medicine cabinet or someplace that, like, you it's need to truly go into. shocking, right. yeah. yeah. Um, At least you can, like, put yourself in the scary position if you wanted to versus, like, you come down groggy after staying over Grandma and Grandpa's house and, like, open the medicine cabinet grab your toothbrush and there's a gremlin bang, in your face. He's right there. Um, <laughs> Wearing a hat. Yeah. <laughs> Bags are packed <laughs> for the next holiday adventure. Yeah. Hawaiian shirt. But uh, to your point about it being scary, I mean, this is one of the first movies to uh, have, wear the badge of honor of a PG-13 movie. Oh, is it? It is. Uh, Spielberg just loves getting dipping his hands in the PG-13 cookie jar. Yeah, because I think mm-hmm. right after E.T., he does Temple of Doom, yeah, which, which is, is the, first. the first one. Yes. So now it's like it's like a chef in the kitchen getting having mm-hmm. ingredients to work with now and playing in that field where awesome now we can start using like using you know the cumin and some other <laughs> shit you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, we get the saffron. We get the saffron in there, some star anise. I don't know what else, but <laughs> star anise. Uh, That's what goes on top of the tree, right? Correct. Yeah, anise, yeah, the so. star anise. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it is. It does invite some scares. It does sort of fairly warn parents about the things that are around the corner in this movie, particularly the disgusting-looking creatures and some of the more violent things these things do in the movie, but also straddling the cutesy kids movie as well. So it it's tonally it's, – it's defined as a horror comedy, this movie. Oh, okay. It is, yeah. Not to spoil any of the surprises in this, but it does sort of have a hybrid tone throughout. Yeah. Yeah. So is it more, I would assume, rather than being, is it more like a horror movie, but a horror movie for kids? Or like, is there a chance I could be scared here? I don't know. How brave are you? That's true. I think there's a good amount of like apprehension scares in this movie. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything sweaty palms yeah, hands shit that you're gonna get from this. Okay. Then again, I, they'd be like, they're small, just kick it. Like, <laughs> that's the again. You'll have that argument too, but also like they're so little. Just yeah, don't. But look. at least they have like teeth and talons and like sharp things. Whereas like Chucky, just you know, yeah, he had his knife, but like kick him. <laughs> right. And there's a great bit, and we'll talk about it later. But the sort of Spielberg trademark of the reveal of these things. Mm. It's not like straight out you see them. So. I think some of those scares live in those earlier scenes where you don't... Yeah. Not to say they're not scary or gross looking, because they totally are, but, like, the sort of, like I said, apprehension of seeing, finally seeing what these things look like is maybe the scariest part of this movie. Okay. Which could scare, like, a four or five-year-old or whatever, but... Yeah. Well, thankfully, I'm older than that, so hopefully... We'll a little older than four yeah. or five. I yeah. think we'll be okay there. <laughs> now, have you seen, like... Any other movies where we're sort of like battling small things, scary things? You know, I think we talked about Critters at one point. Or I don't know if you guys have seen that at all, no. but this is like that era where it's like they're all like, it's a small thing, kill it. Like, mm-hmm. let's scare people with smaller things. Yeah, because we talked about that when we did Child's Play. Oh, correct. So, I mean, yeah. that's in that same vein. So, you've seen something akin to that. Yeah. But obviously, that's rated R and a, a serial killer doll and not like an otherworldly creature. Which obviously puts a different spin on it, but yeah, I can't think of anything where it's like the outside of having watched Child's Play a couple months ago. Yeah, where it's like, oh, tiny thing, you know, causes unmitigated disaster and wreaks havoc on town or city or family or what have you. Yeah, I can't think of anything like that. Uh, every monstery type thing is either human sized or bigger, but nothing where it's like 
oh, look, it's a bunch of rats or it's a bunch of, you know, like nothing like that. No eight-legged freaks or arachnophobia or yeah. attack of the killer tomatoes or anything. Like <laughs> <laughs> so I don't put that in the same uh, realm, I guess. Gotcha. Of things I've seen. Gotcha. No, what about it's like horror comedy in general? Can you think of any movies? Kind of like the, you know, you got like Evil Dead and some of some spoof kind of horror movies. See, I've seen the first Evil Dead. But that one's pretty straightforward. That's pretty straightforward. I've never gone to Army of Darkness or Evil Dead 2 or any of those things okay. where they went into that campy comedy realm. So I never went into those. I'm trying to think if there's any, like, again, horror. We, you know, we talked about this in October and things, and horror is not really my genre. So I'm hard-pressed to think of off the top of my head something that would be considered a horror comedy even. Like, can you think of any other examples that maybe you guys have seen? Well, I know um, the guy who did Evil Dead came out with Drag Me to Hell, which was a horror movie that came out oh, in the, in the, the odds or 2010s or whatever, which yeah. is, has that horror comedy vibe to it. I guess like Idle Hands, I guess, is one, that MTV horror movie kind of. I suppose like an, you can say Adam's Family a little bit or like a Beetlejuice or like a... Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yeah. yeah. Um, that one's more the comedy than the horror, but yeah. um, but I see what you mean, yeah. And I think, you know, even a lot of, like, slashers. Scream. Night, sc- Scream. Scream. Nightmare on Elm Street has these dark comedic edges. No, um, what you did last summer mm-hmm. kind of has that. Yeah. The oh. faculty, I remember being like, oh, we're just a bunch of stoner kids and we're cracking jokes and whatever. But, oh, no, aliens are the teachers or whatever that movie sure. was about. <laughs> <laughs> so I think... It's hard to tell sometimes, but this is definitely a a much more even split. Yeah, so this is, again, this is a great movie that has, and we'll talk about it later, that I think ha- does a great job of sort of balancing the tones in this movie because a lot of movies loop, lose sight of that very quickly. Mm-hmm. And some one version or one part of the movie doesn't work as better as the other. Yeah, where like the first 45 minutes is comedy. And then the monster or whatever kicks in, and then the last 45 is horror, and no one's laughing, and it's not fun. And you're like, I like the fun part with the tension more so than the straight murdering. Right. Which happens all in the second half, and it's they're like two different movies smashed together in the middle. So it'll be interesting to see how it blends well enough for me. Now, do you know anyone who's in this movie? I don't think so. Okay. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't know if the gremlins have voices, and if celebrities voice them, or if you know, the family is someone recognizable or anything like that. So well, I guess it'll depend on how enthralling the opening is, whether or not I pay attention to names in the credits or not. If it's, you know, if it's like a cold open and stuff's happening with words at the bottom, I'll probably just be paying attention to the movie and miss the credits. But if it's something where it's like actual credits of, okay, here, we're going to show everybody right at the top. Yeah. And there's just a static picture or nothing going on. And it's just a score. Then can't help but see that like, oh, such and such is in this movie. and. That'll be fun. I can't wait to see them, but we'll see. Gotcha. But yeah, I don't even... I won't say anything, but we'll see. It is an older movie, so most likely you're not going to get that cold open. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that got more popular later on. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Bridget, you said... How many times have you seen this? I've seen it only once. Okay. As an adult, but as a kid, I watched it it so many times. Okay, so you've seen it a bunch, right? Yeah. Okay. So I guess any sort of expectations, Adam, with this, with the filmmaking, the creatures, the holiday 
aspect of it. Uh, I guess it would be kind of... I'm interested to see how the transformations are. Like, if it's just a snap and they're gremlins now, or if it's like a like a body horror, like, transformation. I don't know that aspect of it. I don't know if it's literally just like, oh, look, he had a Twinkie from the cabinet at 12.01, and then the next time we see him, he's a gremlin. Or if you see, like, you know, teeth growing or, like, talons coming out, you know, something that gives it kind of that more horror vibe to it. I'm excited to see, like, what that is. I think I'd prefer the transformation more so than the, to just smash cut or gremlins now. But I think that's kind of really the only thing. And then obviously what the story is, what the overall, like, overarching plot is. Because, again, I know the basics of the mechanics of what a gremlin is. But I feel like that's a small part of what is the whole package. So I'm intrigued to see how those creatures and those elements fit into a larger narrative. Okay. I'm also looking through uh, Joe Dante's filmography, and there are several things on here that I've seen. Some of them are good, and some of them are bad. Um, Small Soldiers, I don't know that I've seen all the way through, but he also directed Inner Space, which I really, really like. It's just like a fun... Have you seen seen The Explorers? No, what is that one? Three kids, aliens, building a spacecraft, very 80s. Mm. Oh yeah, that's what he did right after this one. Right. Um, No, but I, I have not seen that. But I have seen Inner Space, that's a good Martin Short, Dennis Quaid vehicle. He also directed a bunch of episodes of that show, Eerie, Indiana. Did you guys ever watch that? No. Oh, it's got the uh, the kid from Hocus Pocus in it, Omri um, Cats, and it's just like spooky. It's basically proto-Stranger Things, where it's they live in a town called Erie in Indiana, and things go awry, and there's spooks and aliens and all manner of like unnerving things. It came out around the same time as like the Goosebumps live-action show and like that kind of after-school horror for kids i guess so i've seen a bunch of that and if he directed a bunch of episodes of that i I guess i kind of maybe get the vibe of what he might be going for of kids and scary and uh kind of mix that up a little bit so yeah i don't know i'm just i'm uh i'm looking forward to it great right Uh, on bridget any uh any last thoughts before we jump into it saving my voice (laughs) so you got a lot of post show coming (laughs) yeah (laughs) um all right what do you gotta say for yourself fine i'll watch it Just finished 1984's Grems. Gremlins. <laughs> Adam, you were in the hot seat tonight. Mm-hmm. Have not seen Gremlins. Not. Well, I have now. You have now. Yeah. I, I find I watched it. 
<laughs> you, you finally got the plot to literally every other element that you knew going into it. That's yeah. true. <laughs> uh, how you feeling? It was, um, it was fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really long dramatic pause for that. Um, yeah, it was fine. I don't know. It was different than my expectations. I didn't really expect it to be as like frantic and for frenetic as it ended up being like i have seen the merch as we talked about uh <laughs> nailed it with the gremlins and hats absolutely Lots of hats in this so one. many everyone's wearing a hat yeah. mogwise and gremlins alike everyone's got a hat on uh, but i had like seen the merch so i knew that they all kind of had their own little personalities and i knew that they all like you differentiate them in the movie by what different things they put on them so hats glasses Ski masks, yeah. uh, guns, you know, all of their little, like, accessories are all different. And for some reason, I always assumed that that was a scenario of, like, each person who had a Mogwai had their own, like, the one that became a Gremlin, like, took on the personality of that person. Like, maybe it wasn't just one kid with one Mogwai that turned into a bajillion Gremlins. So I didn't realize that that was going to be so just, like nothing like it didn't matter like there wasn't a reason why one's wearing a ski mask or one's wearing a trucker cap or one's wearing a santa claus like there wasn't a specific reasoning for it or a personality trait that came out it was just like oh no it's just they're they're running amok and that's just what they decide to put on like it was weird i didn't i didn't expect them to know how to disable lights or use guns or Water. Uh, water. Yeah. Gun. Gun. <laughs> Candy. Uh, yeah. So like I didn't expect like the like the human nature of them to shine as much as it did. Um so that was kind of surprising. And it wasn't like it was just kind of it was such a mishmash of genres that it doesn't really feel like it nails any particular one. Cause like it's not super funny. The times that I laughed the hardest was just the sound effects that they have in the movie. Or the gremlin, one of the gremlins doing a weird thing, like using a chainsaw or a gun or... Tricycle. The tricycle, gizmo driving in the car. You know, some of the more ridiculous things that they do are kind of funny. Some some of the human characters have some funny quips and dialogue just of its time and stuff like that. Yeah, I I just, I don't know. I didn't feel myself, like, connecting with any of the human characters, really. Like, even the the main Billy is just kind of like a wet blanket yeah you shouldn't put a wet blanket on an actor yeah it's bad for the movie Um, or mogwai (laughs) exactly um there's both rules uh in there but i think it's on the sag card it's like don't put a wet blanket in a movie (laughs) um but (laughs) so it just kind of like didn't uh i don't know it didn't like feel like anything really like i didn't hate it i was along for the ride like it was fun but it wasn't uh, I don't think it's anything I'll necessarily revisit. I feel like this is very much one of those, I missed the boat, and the boat was when I was eight kind of thing. Uh, yeah, that's but, fair. Yeah, how about you, Bridget? Because you said you'd only seen it once as an adult. How did this go for you? I, I could see more of the cracks this time, for sure. Sorry, I sound like a gremlin right now. Um, <laughs> uh, but I still... There's things, I don't know, I still am charmed by this movie in some way. Like, it's zaniness I enjoy. I enjoy the vignettes of the different gremlins doing different wacko things mm-hmm. in the dive bar and in the movie theater. I don't know, it just, it does something for me. And it does feel like a Christmas movie for me, too. The Christmas setting is really well played. 
Yeah, I, and that was another thing I hadn't expected going in. Obviously, I mentioned in the before part, I didn't even know it was a Christmas movie until you guys said something. Um, and then I was wondering, like, oh, is it just going to be he gets this as a Christmas present and that's the extent of it? But, like, no, there's snow on the ground. The lights play a big part in it, so it all kind of comes together. So that was a, a surprising element to it that I didn't necessarily think was going to be the uh, the case. Yeah, There's a lot of, like, half-hearted, like, throwing things at the wall elements of different movies in this. You know, Mrs. Deagle is a clear send-up of both Margaret Hamilton in The Wizard of Oz, but also the bad guy in... Um, it's a wonderful life. There's mm -hmm. references to it's a wonderful life. Yeah, it's playing on the screen at one point. Yeah. Um, it feels like a, a B movie as well. Like mm -hmm. they, what's the famous one? Like them with the ants or the blob. And there's, I think references to, to things that would have been this movie's contemporary, like ET. Mm -hmm. um, but you're right, Adam, it doesn't always blend well. So it's kind of it's it's kind of like a salad where you have to go like I don't really like anchovies but I do like mm -hmm. artichokes so I'll just kind of pick around <laughs> yeah. and, and take like enjoy what I can. Yeah. How about you, Johnny? Now, how, when's the last time you saw this? I don't remember. Yeah. So I didn't even really think about that before going into this. When the last time I saw this, it must have been a while ago. Fully. Okay. But as an adult, you think you reckon? Oh, as an adult, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, pretty much going to echo what Bridget said. It's just, I find it charming. I did notice more cracks here and there just through this lens with the show and everything mm -hmm. and kind of looking at how maybe you would watch it. But yeah, feels like a Christmas movie to me. It's kind of got like this opaque, hazy look that I love that yeah. like 80s and 70s movies have. None of the characters really land for me whatsoever. Yeah. I just like the setting. I like that it's a small town. I like that it's not... There's only so many characters in it, which is great. Mm -hmm. Again, you get like a young Corey Feldman, which is fun to see. Mm -hmm. And the music's fun. And it's a B-movie. It just... I don't know. Yeah. It just... You yeah. can't really fault it for a lot of things. It tries a lot of things. And then, yeah, it just... It really kicks into high... Like, I think the moment that I really just start, like, smiling a lot is, like, when that song goes, Do you hear what I hear? Yes. I'm like, here we fucking go. Yes. And, yeah, I just... I love all the, like, the animatronics and the, the puppetry and everything. And I thought maybe that's something that would lend uh, favoritism for you with the movie with mm. sort of the Muppets and other things that we've watched. Because the DNA is there. I mean, oh, yeah. Take, the, 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 yeah, yeah. And he just the little ear flaps and the blinks and like the nose twitches a lot and goes up and down. And it's just kind of like it, it nails all of those facial expressions to really give you a sense of like, oh, this is a living creature that has emotions and things yeah. and feels and stuff like that. Uh, and it's fun, like watching uh, him play with Gizmo, uh, which I did remember the name of as soon as I was like, OK, I did know that going into it. But like I like when they're playing the piano. And he's just like teaching him kind of the notes and his yeah. matching pitch and all that stuff. So like those moments are really cool. And then obviously the gremlin stuff is a lot of herky-jerky motions and weird throwing motions and all kinds of different stuff. But yeah, I did like the, the puppetry aspect of it. Yeah, I, I will say one thing that I really noticed this time around was that I really think the Billy and Kate characters needed to be like four years younger. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of weird. He looks like a freshman in college. Yeah. And he's getting like a little animal toy. His like his dad. dad's exactly. It yeah. just 
and he's friends with like Corey Feldman, or whatever. I mean, you're friends with kids down the street. Obviously, ages are always going to be yeah, especially in a small very, town. But it would have been a little more, I yeah. don't know, welcoming to have like a younger yeah, like you because like a job li- at a bank. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in because as a kid, I'm looking. I loved his like little attic bedroom with oh, like yeah. the comic books say, and the keyboard the and the little tube oh. TV and. It just like as a kid, I was like, I just want that. I yeah. want to be separated from the rest of the house. I want this cool little place. It's like Hey Arnold. Um, yeah. Right, but it's it's like Hey Arnold, but yeah. like like Arnold can now start paying the rent, and like, yeah. why yeah. are you still here? <laughs> like, it just he just it just again it just it's a little bit of a miscast for me, like or like yeah. But um, and it doesn't add anything to it. It doesn't like, add it. Yeah. In the beginning, they throw in this whole thing of like, oh, he works at the bank, but he's kind of a schlub at the bank. And the bank, like the lady who runs the mortgages in town, doesn't really like him. And the vibe I got from her was a Scrooge, like the whole way. Like mm. she's willing to foreclose on Christmas. She doesn't give a hoot. She's in it to make money. Like she's ready and raring to go in her Scrooge mode. But like, it's like, oh, the real estate lady hates you at the bank and wants to murder your dog. And, like, maybe eat it for Christmas dinner. And the bank guy who's maybe your age, maybe a year older than you, somewhere, like, Judge Reinhold is just like, okay, you hate him too, but you don't matter at all in the grand scheme of things. So, like, that whole plot of establishing that, like, oh, you're the breadwinner of the family with your bank job is, like, all right, dude, that's weird. Like, I do wish he was, you're right, like a kid. Maybe, like, a freshman, maybe a middle schooler. Yeah, I mean, working, like, at the department store as, like, a stock boy, still yeah. bringing in the dog, still kind of giving this woman trouble in some way or another, and then having, like, the Phoebe Cates character be, like, like the same age, maybe a little older, maybe, like, the, the girl that you have a crush on, like, the babysitter type of crush or yeah. whatever. When she can still work at the, the bar, like, the dive bar, if she's, you know, seven, 16, 17 or whatever, she could be working right. behind yeah, the counter. It's, it's the town. 80s, nobody yeah. gives a shit. But, I mean, she could have been working at the movie theater. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it just, there are things where I think they could have, like, brought it a little more onto a level of, like, kids. Because this is a kid's movie for the most part. Tween, tween age. But I do like Phoebe Kate's character. I think she's very charming. She just has a very sort of, She's I don't know, cute. She's yeah. very cute. Yeah. Very adorable. It's um, just a shame Billy kind of sucks. Billy like, does The whole thing is suck. like, oh, she's, like, you know she's into him right from the get-go. And he just... He doesn't really show that he's into her all that much until he asks her out. But, like, there was never a lot of, like, tension in their relationship. It just seemed like they were either already dating or, like, childhood friends who live next to each other. And maybe he'll get up the courage, but he never even really looked like he was even interested in her until it was time to fight gremlins. (laughs) Yeah. Again, that awkwardness lends itself more to, like, a tween, teenage relationship trying to get something off the ground opposed to... Like, where you feel like you have... His character doesn't feel just very well fleshed out. It's just like, I like my dog, and I like Phoebe, and I like drawing. Yeah. And I like animals, and I like my mom and my dad. Yeah. I don't like the bank. why don't you like Christmas? Yeah, why don't you like Christmas? Yeah. There's there's unhappy people out there? I don't understand. It just, he just, he's sort of... Not sort of oblivious to yeah. like the rest of the world. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess in the '80s they wouldn't have talked openly as, as openly about like mental health and people being and opening uh, up your wrist like Phoebe Cates. Oh, that whole line of like, while people, while some people are opening up presents, others are opening up their wrists. Like, damn, lady. It only well, gets worse. Columbus, I, but... I know. Yeah, her trauma really, really brings that to the forefront of why that line hits so hard. But yeah, it was weird that he just. 
seemed super naive for somebody who could be 25. Like, I don't <laughs> Yeah. Like, there's no I, set age for him in this, but he's at least, like, 18, I would think. Yeah. I mean, he could be, like, 18, 19, college break. He has to be, yeah. The bank. Yeah, he's got to be in college at the very least, if not after that, or didn't go to college. Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, Kate's working days and nights, so she's not in school, and they're mm-hmm. clearly the same age, so yeah. it's got to be a certain point where they're... They're out of school. It also makes less sense that he goes back to a teacher at the elementary school, maybe, to, like, investigate this animal that he has. If you're going to go to the teacher at the school, be in the school. Age him down yeah. to a point. So, yeah, it was just, it was all weird. The humans don't carry this the way I feel like they needed to, to really elevate it to something amazing for me. is because everyone's just kind of like... They're a little zany, yeah. They're a little... But, like, the dad sucks oh the dad sucks he's the worst he's the the problem creator of yeah, this movie but he doesn't even have like fun failure adventures the way that like a doc brown does or the way like a dad from hunting i shrunk the kids yeah they're all kind of sad like a shitty coffee maker a shitty juicer yeah like at least those other crackpot inventors who haven't made a dime off their work their stuff at least works like it's not practical or it's not fully fleshed out but like the dog food machine back to the future works the stuff that Zelinsky builds and honey i shrunk the kids like it works it may be cumbersome and like nobody in the family wants to use it uh, i did love the mom trying to answer the phone oh. with that remote and it doesn't work and it just keeps breaking <laughs> but like at a certain point we see too many failed inventions and i'm just like stop just yeah. And then you're angry with the mom, too. Like, why are you enabling this? Yeah, don't put up with it. Like, yes, he'll get one eventually, but don't make it, don't have it replace everything in your house. Yeah. I have automation in my house, but I have it because it works. Yeah. If all of it didn't work, I wouldn't still put up with it. (laughs) I think it'd be a lot more fun. I think it was only one time that really injected the invention into being weaponized in any way against the gremlins, which is like the blender, the juicer, whatever. But if you brought in, like, the bathroom buddy or, like, one of those... I would have loved one of those things more to come into play. Just one more or two more would have, like, really been, like, okay, now the purpose of these things sucking now has, like, a purpose that succeeds at killing maybe one of these things. Like, if all of a sudden the kid reached into his coat pocket and was, like, the bathroom buddy prototype and one of the things in there, you know, like, he squirts the toothpaste and that blinds a gremlin and they're able to throw him in a blender or something. Like, we saw the bathroom buddy being pitched on three or four separate occasions and it didn't come back to play we did not fire Chekhov's bathroom buddy yeah. no we didn't squirt his toothpaste or his shaving cream or his toothbrush or his ice pick or whatever else was in there <laughs> yeah really the only thing that really came into play was the snow plow I think there was like early in the beginning he was talking about like it just it always works always dependable yeah and then there's Bear- gremlins sometimes in the cabs of the foreign stuff yeah but yeah, that was the only kind of callback to it. And it just seemed weird that you would spend so much time on this schlub, terrible inventor of a dad and not have it come into play at all. Except for the dad to show up at the end, not fearful of the empty streets and cars strewn about everywhere, or his son in an abandoned department store. Like, at no point is the dad concerned at all about any of it. No. Once I know, you there. would have thought maybe you pulled the bath and buddy and start pitching it to, like, Phoebe Kate's character. Like, yeah. And then they go... Doesn't shave. <laughs> and the whole scene at the uh, apparently robot convention that he went to, 
was just like, why are we just showing him at this inventor's convention and everyone's got a, a robot and Steven Spielberg's in an electric wheelchair? <laughs> <laughs> You don't know what we're doing here. Why do we keep going back to him? Like, flesh out the kids or show me more gremlins. Yeah. I don't want to see the dad anymore. But you don't, like, didn't you like the the robot making the payphone call? Oh, yeah, it was oh, hilarious. Yeah. But, yeah. like, now. but I think uh, yeah. I would have enjoyed it more had we had less scenes of the of dad. the dad. Like, why did we see him pitching the smokeless ashtray at the gas station? Like, what? That didn't come into play at all. He wasn't helping his son do anything. He didn't even hang up the phone and go like, weird, no one's answering at home. I wonder where my family is. Like, nothing. He has no dialogue. He's just like, is he or a smoker? You want to buy this thing? It's like, what? Come on. Why are we, why are we on this again? Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, it would have been nice if they approached it more like an E.T. mold where, like, the kids are very much at the forefront. And mm-hmm. there's not, like, a mix here where it's cutting back to other adult characters. It would have been nice to sort of not have that. And you were constantly, it was constantly like a child, like in a scene or something like that. Yeah. Or like, and if, if we're talking how like we want to age them down a little bit, you could have several scenes of them running to their parents. Correct. Yeah. And that's when you could see the bathroom buddy exploding or some other crackpot invention he's working on. Not working. Yeah. But at least it's the kids going in there to be like, you have to believe us gremlins. And he's like, no, I can't. I'm working on this juicer that um, makes orange sludge. Yeah. Or the coffee maker that pours out tar. Like, yeah. I'm working on these things. Sorry, I can't help you. And, like, then at least you show the the crappy inventions. You show the weird dad. And then maybe you can still have one of those things come back into play. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if, like, because it, it, it got to, like, a scary point, at least for a child, that, like, they, like, we have to sort of, like, they did. level them up age-wise because having just a bunch of kids being, like, murdered or, like, hurt in any way does not look good yeah so we need to like make these child roles more mature looking i was about to say i would i would be intrigued to to read some of christopher columbus's original script because it was much darker much gorier like in the original script um the science teacher instead of having like a needle stuck in his butt it's like all up in his face like Mm -hmm. hellraiser um, the gremlins end up killing Billy's mom, and one of the scenes that was written, like, Billy comes in, they, like, kick the mom's head down the stairs, and it comes tumbling down. Yeah, so, like, much, much more grim. <laughs> um, but I think when Spielberg kind of came into the picture, he sort of said, like, all right, come with me, Joe Dante, this is how we make a family film. He was the one who initially wanted more gizmo in the movie in the original script there was just one kremlin so one mogwai and so once it turned there was no like fun gizmo mogwai okay and so spielberg was the one who was like no you need that extra person like that's who the kids are going to attach themselves to and like ride with through this whole movie and merch yeah and merch so we're going to sell too um a lot of other things he changed. Like at the end, it was supposed to be Gizmo and Billy pull the shades to save the day, but Spielberg cut Billy helping in any way. He was like, "What?" So that get. way, the the Mogwai is the hero of the story. Yeah. Um. So I would be intrigued to see if that straight Christopher Columbus vision feels more cohesive. If a less probably cute and enjoyable movie for me, because I do love all the Spielberg elements. Like I, I love yeah. a little guy driving a car. 
I love a little guy watching an old black and white movie on a tube TV <laughs> and then imitating it later in the movie. Mm-hmm. Those things will always work for me. Yeah. But it would be interesting to know if that... Like, I kind of wish there was two separate movies. Like, there's the kid version of the movie with the cutesiness and the driving around in little cars and all of the zany gremlin stuff. Yeah, I guess there there is that movie and it's called E.T. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like... But you could have multiple. Like you could still have yeah. multiple gremlins and they're doing things and it's like, okay, you've taken E.T. and you've put it on a rocket to the moon with all this crazy stuff. Versus like a straight up horror R-rated movie of a cutesy little critter that turns into a vicious killing machine when he gets wet and or fed after midnight. I almost would rather it be like it's two in the middle of the slider between the two and I'd yeah. like it to go more to one, one side. Way. The other, um, yeah. yeah. And I think I could enjoy both of those because I liked elements of both in this, but it just like, it almost doesn't seem like it knows what it wants to be. Does it want to be Kitty or does it want to, you know, slash the mom's throat yeah. and kick her head down the stairs? It, yeah. it blends a lot better for a child, I think, watching this. Yeah. I mean, it's like like a, like an ice cream that has a bunch of ingredients in it. Like the kid just going to eat it. It's just a sweet, sweet, sweet. It's great. But as an adult, you're like, you know, fuck that thing. And yeah. I don't want that thing. And my son, like, you know what I mean? It just, you're just, yeah. You're, you're just, a lot more critis- critical of some of the things that you're ingesting yeah, watching it, but. You're more tolerant of that sort of slapstick, like boomeranging yeah. in tone, I think, as a, as a young person. I mean, I still think it, at least me, I think it, it still does a pretty good job of blending the elements. It's not like Spielberg level of blending tonally things like mm-hmm. that because et is like like the epitome of that as That's far as like, like the cutesiness the horror i would mean when i was a kid et i mean we go back scary. and watch that episode but or listen to it but scared the shit out of me when like that mm-hmm. f- the first like half an hour you even see what et looked like and then you see et and it's like this wide-eyed big-eyed alien and that was also like spielberg's like i think we talked about it like the bigger the eyes the the, the more cutesy mm-hmm. relatable and I'm sure that had a lot to do with Gizmo as well, because he's just a big, wide-eyed yeah. thing. And then when the gremlins show up, their eyes are smaller, more demonic-looking. Yeah, red. Red. Yeah. Uh, Coming out of the of white tree. is gone. Yeah. yeah. But, again, I think it, it may sound like we're shitting on this movie, but no. it's. I think we all enjoyed it. But Yeah, I, like... I just think for me, like, my favorite... I think my favorite scene is the one where the mom has to take on the gremlins. Like, oh, it's one of the highlights, yeah. And that's yeah. why I feel like if we went more towards the R-rated horror movie, I might like it more. Or, again, if you go the other way and do the cutesy, zany, kid, more kid-friendly stuff where when someone gets cut, it's not blood that you see, it's just clothes ripping. Like, you could do all of the same scenes for the most part, but, like, instead of the mom having gashes on her face, her hair is all messed up and her clothes are a little right. ripped. Or when the one of the gremlins like scrapes Billy across the chest in the department store, and he's slowly gathering more blood on that white undershirt. Okay, those would just be ripped, you know, and that's the yeah. kid version of it. So I that like just speaks to the fact that the tonal shifts don't really work for me because I think I much rather would have the like the hard R scary murder gremlins yeah. rather than the. Sometimes we murder, sometimes we don't. A lot of times we just make it look like an accident. <laughs> uh, and that's how you get the like more kid-friendly version of like, they're not out to get people, but they are. But they just make it look like everyday common occurrences. Yeah, and the score by Jerry Goldsmith, uh, and we mentioned this before going, this is like a third week in a row, or outside of Toronto Man. Three out of four. Three out of four, basically. <laughs> yeah. um, 
that he goes like very Looney Tunes, Animaniac sort of like sound like dun 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 dun. dun. It doesn't. It sounds like a carnival coming to town, opposed yeah. to it should be like a nightmare. Like, <laughs> and there one of those is when he's explaining the uh, when he's in the like the Chinese uh, artifact store. And he says that, like, the dad says something like, dragon's breath, and then looks at the dragon statue on the thing, and then you hear a gong in the oh, background. Shit. I'm just like... Well, it's just like... Oh, it's so on the nose here, Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but again, yeah, that's where it's like maybe there was one sort of, like, score originally, and mm-hmm. then they revised it. We got to make it a little more silly, a little more cartoonish and uppity, but... um. Yeah, I mean, there's elements that just strike away the horror element of it, where <laughs> if you went a darker route... There are a lot of those elements in place, but like I said, like the score and other, maybe some of the reactions from, from a- actors make it look more fun mm-hmm. and zany. Slapstickish, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a fun fact that I want to share with you guys. Go for it. So in the development of the movie, apparently there was a lot of debate over, you know, what would be the best way? How do we portray the Kremlins? Do we do stop motion do we do puppets and you know there was lots of concern about cost and the i guess the director of special effects his name was chris wallace was like really under the gun trying to make all these different puppets and he was particularly stressed out when they changed and they said no we need gizmo on the second half of the movie too and now he has to create gizmo as well so i guess at one point in the production process, he floated to them, Hey guys, what if, instead of doing puppets, or sorry, it wasn't Chris who suggested this, it was the studio. He said, instead of doing puppets, since you're so under the gun, what if we get a bunch of monkeys, like capuchin monkeys, and put masks on them, and just film them? <laughs> oh my god. Is there a screen test? And I want to see. Yes. <laughs> so from IMDb trivia, as a compromise, the studio suggested a spider monkey in a suit, which was tested at J- director Joe Dante's office. The animal went crazy, tearing the office apart and defecating everywhere. <laughs> Dante screamed at the trainer to get the animal and then asked Wallace, so puppets? <laughs> so I just... Oh. There is a they do do stop motion. Stop they bit. do do yeah. puppets, and even at one moment, they're that moment they're animated with like when they're coming at the the, the screen yeah, from behind. Yeah. You can tell it looks like it's not the you know puppetry. Yeah, yeah, it's hand drawn's uh, animation, which was a fun way to like get around them all running at the screen because you just you have this bright white screen. Like let's just draw on it. That right. was actually a really smart idea. But yeah, monkeys. I want to see that footage. Right. Yeah, that looks fantastic. <laughs> I just want to be the person who's like, you know what? If puppets are going to be too costly, I think we just got to get monkeys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, you're sitting in your office, like you, you you're not sending emails, but like you're you're going and you're knocking on doors and being like, guys, we really got to figure out this puppet situation on this Gremlins flick. What are we thinking? Round table, no bad ideas. Monkeys, great idea. <laughs> Let's run with it. Get me Chris Columbus. Get me Steven Spielberg. Yeah, Joe Dante on the one. Yeah. Steve, we got a great idea for you. Monkeys. Monkeys. Yeah. Um, but also another interesting tidbit, and I know you know this. Do you know who the voice of Gizmo is? I do know this. Okay, I you did, do. Okay. I did see it in some of my, like, looking through of, like, oh, who was that guy? Oh, who was this girl? Who was that? Who was that? I did see 
that Howie Mandel is the voice of, of Gizmo. Yeah. All of the gremlins have, like, a pretty stellar voice cast that I was looking at. It's not just him. No, uh, really? Yeah, let's see. Uh, let me go pull it back up here. I know that... So Frank Welker is the uh, the voice of Stripe and various other Mogwais and Gremlins. And he was the voice of, I believe, Optimus Prime in all of the okay. like, Transformers animated things. I'll have to double check that. Uh, Howie Mandel, Michael Winslow from the Police Academy movies is uh, is a gremlin. Peter Cullen is in this as well, who also does transform. Oh, no. So Peter. Um, sorry, I got that wrong. Peter Cullen is Optimus Prime. Um, and the other guy's IMDb is not loading. So I don't remember who he was, but I know that name. I just got to find it. Uh, but yeah, Peter Cullen is all of the uh, Optimus Prime voices. And he is in this as well. I don't know why this one guy's IMDb is not loading. Frank Welker did a lot of the Scooby-Doo stuff. Okay. Okay. Uh, Garfield, he's done. Curious George. Gotcha. Okay. So I knew he was a, like a famous... Uh, and we have a tie-in. Uh, he was a reptile in 1995's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yes, he was. <laughs> Way to go, dude. Those tie-ins, you just keep on coming. They out. just keep, yeah. Of a tangled web we weave. <laughs> We've been Nazi free for a while though, which is which is good. Okay, so that's why I got confused. Frank Welser also did uh, Megatron in the tra- in Transformers movies, and I think the animated stuff as well. So I knew there was a Transformers um, relation. I just couldn't remember specifically uh, what what that was. Yeah, Megatron, Galvatron, Soundwave. Yeah. yeah. So a lot. Of, he's also done stuff with Jim Henson. So like big voiceover actors, in addition to. Some live action faces that we know, like Michael Winslow and right. uh, and Howie Mandel. I mean, you can't. I can't hear any of it. Like, it's not. There's nothing there to it where I would be like, "Aha!" There's that's... nothing discernible. Yeah. No. Oh. Um, but I do like when you can hear. You can make out a word from them every once in a while, like Mogwai or Gun <laughs> or Tasty or like Water and all these other different. things. I like how it's sort of like evolutionary too. Like they don't sort of talk right away. Gizmo sort of. Kinda does. He says Mogwai in the store. Yeah, but, like, but he says like Billy, like at the end or yeah. whatever. But bye, bye, you got Stripe talking about guns and candy and shit at the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the noises that they make too. Like one of the shots I always remembered liking as a kid, and I, I laughed at this time too, is when he goes and he, he cannonballs into the water. Mm. Stripe does, which is just a funny image on its own. Yeah, but he makes it great. <laughs> like there's that like. It's just fun. He's like purring like a cat. Yeah. Like, well, because he knows he's he's won. He's, oh, yeah. he's gotten completely soaking wet. He's yeah. going to make so many new gremlins. And they're just going to run amok and watch Snow White. <laughs> By the way, what would you think of, and I love this whole scene because it's quite extended, but the whole bar scene is fantastic. It goes on a little too long. Oh, I love it. Because um, it, it ends with the guy in the ski mask. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right before That's Billy the, or uh, Kate, Phoebe Kate's trying to get out of there. It's like, eh. And he's got the little gun. And just, the, I don't where did he get the child's ski mask from? Like, did he cut a hole in a regular hat? What's going on here? There's so many hats. Hilarious. So many hats. Yeah, it was just a little too, like, drunken stereotype guys of like hey man i love you kind of you know like those kinds of things that yeah i get it it sort of gets it sort of gets repetitive after a while yeah. yeah but i love the setup of that like they're all in there smoking cigarettes and drinking and 
you know, playing pool and having bar fights or whatever. And like, so yeah, that like was the flasher, like, that. yeah, so like that was, <laughs> there were funny elements to it. It just went on a scotch too long for me. Um, but I did, I did enjoy that. I mean, I think the whole movie kind of really kicks into gear once they get to the YMCA and it's like, all right, now we're in the, the gremlins part of gremlins. Yeah. Um, cause I was in the scene with the mom, like counting down, all right, how many gremlins are left? All right, we've gotten four of the five gremlins. There's one more gremlin out there. Are we going to get more gremlins, or is this going to be now a us versus Stripe in this situation? I didn't expect the thousands yeah. and thousands of gremlins. Did you think it was going to be like one big gremlin that he, when he jumped in the pool? I No, because I knew what happens. Although that we only saw what happens with Mogwai's, I wasn't sure what necessarily was going to happen. But I assumed if he was hell-bent and like laughing as he's jumping in the pool, that it was probably just going to be a multiplication thing. But I wasn't sure if when... Because when a Mogwai gets wet, it just becomes more Mogwais. I wasn't sure if when a Gremlin gets wet, it becomes more Gremlins, or does it start again as Mogwais? Because that's the evolutionary process of this creature, is you have to be a Mogwai first, and then... So, like, I wasn't sure if it was going to be a... We've got a... He's got an army of Mogwais, and we have to stop him from turning them into Gremlins before midnight, where we're watching, like, the big clock on the clock tower go towards you know, midnight or whatever. Yeah. So I wasn't sure exactly what we were going to get in that moment, but it was fine that it was a, a bunch of gremlins. Speaking of Clock Tower, what do you think of the uh, the universal backlog? I mean, that's probably as close of a reuse oh, of is. any movie. I mean, was it detracting at all, distracting at all, sort of? No, when you, because you said, do you recognize this? And I went, yeah, it's Hill Valley, California, 1984. Um, and it was just like, all right, fine. Because it's that overhead shot that you see you know, the town green and the clock tower building. That's yeah, just but you have the street hall. going straight down to the movie theater, which is a very iconic part of Back yeah, to the Future. Yeah, where the DeLorean comes back from yeah. the future, right in front of the porno theater in Marty's <laughs> 1985. <laughs> um, so I think the Mogwais burn it down in 84, and then it gets rebuilt as a porno theater in 85. I think that's how it tracks. <laughs> um, no, it wasn't, nice, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't distracting. It was just kind of like a fun nod of like, oh, I recognize this from other things. Like, I think the bank was the diner, if I'm geographically trying to put where everything was in town. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah, because when you come out of the diner, you see the movie theater across the street and the clock towers to your right. but Or City Hall or whatever it ends yeah. up being. But yeah, no, I thought that was just like a fun little like, oh, okay, I recognize this. Yeah. The same way, like when you see one of the gremlins hiding amongst toys, it's like, oh, he comes out from behind the ET. That's fun. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just it's it's a fun little Easter egg for like people who have seen a bunch of movies like us, <laughs> right? But I don't think I don't think I've ever been taken out of a movie being like, oh, I've seen this exact same set in this exact same scenario a million different times. Yeah, so wasn't too bad. Do you guys have a favorite gremlin? I mean, the ski mask. <laughs> I, I mean, I love Gizmo. Um, favorite gremlin or gremlin outfit, I guess. I enjoy the Kremlin in the bar that has like the furs on. Oh, and the, the gray garden. Yeah, the gray gardens Kremlin. I'll Who, say is my favorite. <laughs> I I love that sequence because they're playing poker, which is just ridiculous. Like, how did they learn all of these human things so quickly? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, but also, like the one with all the furs, like whispers to her boyfriend or whoever is there at the table. I think to insinuate that one of the gremlins is cheating and then that the gremlin boyfriend shoots that other gremlin yeah. just like point blank in the face. Stripe again. Yeah. Yeah. I like like the org chart of the gremlins though. You have like the poker table where it's like the more like astute, like more 
<laughs> yeah, they're like the bigger players of the gremlin gang, mm-hmm. and you have like the animals, like the soldiers all drinking, and you have like Tony Soprano essentially just. Yeah, I love the noir gremlin over in the yeah. corner, and I love that the music oh. changes and hits. I almost regret that we didn't do this last week, you know, to transition out of noir November yeah. into Christmas movies with a Christmas movie that features heavy noir themes. <laughs> Dark, dingy, you got dark, dingy... Chinatown. Uh, uh, bars, you got Chinatown, yeah. you've got kind of that, like, smoky, hazy look to it. A lot, it all takes place at night. Uh, this very much would have fit in a black and white. It even starts and ends with the voiceover of, like, that's me. You're probably wondering how I got here to Chinatown. Well, guess what? I'm here to buy a mogwai for my son. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have to go a mogwai for my 25-year-old son. <laughs> I've been looking all over town, and I can't find the perfect gift for my adult son. Son, yeah. (laughs) With the money I don't have, because I'm a failed inventor. That's why I found myself in Chinatown. So I thought that was fun. (laughs) And then catching the uh, the robber one in the ski mask again in the movie theater. (laughs) was a great treat for me. He just looks so much more menacing than everyone. You think, like, Stripe looks like the most badass, and then he shows up, like, holy shit! <laughs> Stripe just has a mohawk. Like he's not as fun as the other ones. Like the other ones have more personality. Stripe's just like um evil. Yeah, he's just got like a chip on his shoulder or something. Like it's like nothing's good enough. He wants to destroy things and these guys are watching a Disney movie smoking cigarettes and mm-hmm. shit. They love it though. Yeah. Them singing Hi Ho was great. <laughs> it is great. Yeah, I do kind of wish there was some establishment of why Stripe is evil. Like, he comes out and you can tell that he's the ringleader and he's in charge. But, like, how does that work? Did he... Was he a patch of fur on Gizmo and planning, like, plotting his revenge, just hoping he gets wet so he can spring off and start his own revolution? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think they're... They're being a little uh, exaggerating here, but I mean, like, like a litter of dogs or cats or whatever, you're going to have, like, different personalities kind of right off the bat, I think. Yeah. More aggressive ones, more chill ones, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, they have a lot more uh, of an established personality than one would have right at birth. <laughs> yeah. And I think I would buy that more, too, if, like, Gizmo was involved in his offspring at all. Like, at least with a litter of kittens or puppies or whatever – the the mom is there to like kind of coax them and of course there's going to be the rambunctious ones but at least like there's an authority figure that they kind of look up to even if there's a rebel in the midst whereas like gizmo essentially gives birth to these and then it's just like i don't know it's weird oh yeah he, he could not <laughs> be... and then he gets bullied yeah, yeah. they're so mean to and him. he could not be bothered when he's like do you want chicken gizmo and he's like the 3D guy who's like, Meh, just like... <laughs> well because he knows it's after midnight he's not playing yeah, yeah. he wants to be a mogwai not a gremlin yeah but I did like the like the clock reveal, and I noticed it as it was happening because I noticed when they cut to the school and the teacher was experimenting on one of them um, that it was like two in the morning. But it oh, was, nice catch! I didn't. But see it that. was cutting back and forth well, because they kept showing the sandwich on his desk. So I'm like, oh, what? Like, what is this taking place? Because it went from the bedroom chicken scene to the school. And I see that it's like... It's all in okay, real like, time, but it's like his clock is working, his is not. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't until it cuts back to Billy and like the chicken's gone and everyone's sleeping that I was like, oh, wait, why is it Why is it 10 of tw- or 20 of 12 at Billy's house and 2 a.m. at the school? That's weird. And I was like, oh, okay, something, something happened. Somebody got into some shit. So I like the reveal of like, oh, the clock's been cut. 
and the clock doesn't work. And yeah. that's why we, like, we tricked him. So I thought that was cool because I noticed that the times were different in the the two scenes. And once we went back to the bedroom, I was like, oh, wait, no, that was bad. It was after midnight. Oh, you're fucked. <laughs> now, did you kind of telegraph what exactly were the repercussions of them getting wet or eating? I thought all of the rules would breaking them would turn them into gremlins. Okay. I didn't think that there was a multiplication element to it. Because, again, I didn't know how prevalent the Mogwais would be in this universe. I wasn't sure if, like, you know, the the one that the dad buys is the only one versus, like, there's a room of them. Because, like, I made the, the comment in the before part of, like, I knew he got picked up in Chinatown. I thought it was some, like, Chinese gambling den that they've got a stack of them. And that's just what people, like, try to gamble for or buy or whatever, <laughs> you know. Just the same way that, like, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some back alley something or other where it's like, oh, look at over here. We got our little we got a tiger in a cage and a peacock and a, you know, and a mogwai and a gremlin and, like, all these different things. So Peacock rugging havoc. <laughs> peacock like, oh! Yeah. Um, so I didn't know how, like, I, I had seen, obviously, the merch with all the gremlins with their different outfits and hats and whatever. But I didn't know, did those come from the sequels? And there's just more in the sequels. So I didn't, like, I didn't have a sense to put together how we got so many gremlins and so many hats but the multiple <laughs> like the multiplying thing was cool i liked seeing the big balls of fur pop off and then kind of become mogwais i thought that was neat but i knew feeding them after midnight would turn them into a gremlin gotcha because i thought that's what all breaking all of those rules would do and i didn't know that i didn't remember the sunlight rule because it really only comes into play like at the end sure <laughs> But yeah, I liked them popping off. It was a little sad that it was a cocoon situation in terms of turning into a gremlin. Like I mentioned, wanting to see like a transformation. And I almost got that at the end when, oh, when Stripe puts his finger in the fountain and his back starts bubbling. And it looks like maybe those are going to pop off. And it looks more gruesome than just the fur balls flying in every direction. Um, so I thought maybe I'd get more of a transformation there. Like, oh, when a gremlin gets way way to go because we don't see what happens in the pool we just see him jump in and then bubbles and smoke and, and all this different stuff um so i was a little bummed it was a cocoon situation um and, which, that, and again they were more than capable of doing that because we saw the microwave which is essentially an inverse of that yeah, yeah. the microwave was gnarly yeah you you seem to like that when you that saw was that. A good yeah that was good oh my god God. Yeah. Well, because I liked the blender, and I was like, okay, the blender's pretty gory. The blood, the green blood spinning all over the cabinet. Then mom does the stabbing on the cutting board, and that was cool. And then she puts it in the microwave, and I'm going, okay, what do we got here? Like, I thought burst into flames. Yeah. And then maybe he melts or something like that. I did not think full-on head explosion into the, you know, the window of the microwave. That one took me by surprise. But yeah, I thought I was hoping for more of a transformation. So it was kind of a bummer that it was a cocoon thing and that we never saw them break out of the cocoon. It was always just they're in a cocoon and they're fine. And then the cocoons are open and oh shit. Yeah. I mean, I think there's one shot. He's like a hand coming out or whatever. At least the one at the the school, I think, does that or something mm -hmm. like it. But I know what you mean. You want a little more of a... Yeah. And that's where I feel reveal. like, again, if that slider moves more towards the adult horror movie, we may get the gruesome coming out of the cocoon and different legs and whatever. And then even you can make it kitty by then having them do their little hyena laugh. Yeah. You know, like I think it would have been the same. Cause like that is funny when they're doing the hyena laughs and they've all got 
they're on. They went with the more like less is more approach mm-hmm. until like the shock moment where you finally see one like open up a cabin next to Billy's head to like a full reveal. Yeah. So. And that's why, like, I wouldn't have minded if it, again, if you saw, like, one claw coming out of one, or, like, an ear popping out of a different one, and then it's not until they're ready to reveal the full thing that you get a sense of, like, how big and or scary these things are. But again, I think it was just because I wanted to see, if you hear something transforms into another thing in a horror movie, you kind of go in hoping that it is more gruesome and icky and, like, that body horror type element to it. Um, So again, it's not a bad thing that it went the way that it did because i understand this is a movie aimed towards teens really yeah um but it was kind of a letdown like oh i kind of wish we got a little bit more of that so it was nice to see it at the very least at the end with the the back popping and like the almost like boils cooking on on stripes back at the end so i just quickly looked up because i wanted to because i know we we talked about this being pg-13 mm-hmm. we started the movie it says pg uh, it seemed like they changed it two months after its release. Oh, okay. So I think whatever HBO Max went with whatever was original or on IMDb or whatever. But here it says, yeah, two months after the release, it was changed to PG-13. Oh, so it went from PG to PG-13. Correct. Gotcha. Just because that would have come up. Because when did, when did Temple of Doom come out? Was that the same year? 83, I think it came out. Oh, okay. It's weird that they would rate it one way and then be like, you know what? Actually, no. It's different. I wonder if maybe did it say why? Like, did audiences react? Parents reacted poorly to it because there was different marketing. So one trailer pushed more of like the The cutesy shit. Cutesy. Here's this little mogwai and he sings. Sings the cute little song. Yeah. Um, And then others did like sort of talk about like it's gremlins, it's scary, it's spooky. But a lot of parents saw. A picture of Gizmo, mm-hmm. or saw the toys and said, "This is a movie for kids," and brought their kids to it. And yeah, and having it be had PG, a bad time. Yeah, yeah, having it be PG would obviously lend itself more to the like, "Oh, it'll be a little scary because it's monsters," but it's it's PG, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's just parental guidance suggested. <laughs> yep. My kids will be okay. Oh no, they're tortured. Yeah. They're having nightmares. Meanwhile. Is, have there ever been any other movies that have done that? I don't think I've ever heard of a movie that like gets raided by the MPAA, comes out, and then a couple months later, just like, no, I'm just kidding. And like they upgrade it for a home release. That isn't like a unrated extended cut, like an actual same movie, same cut, different rating. Yeah. It must they be just because like, the, they were like mid-process, you know what I mean? They yeah. did it with the, uh, the King's Speech. That That's was right. that was rated R. It only had like one fuck in it or something like that, and there was such a push to get it to wider audiences that they can finally convince the MPBA or MBAA, excuse me, that this deserves a PG thirteen. They may have edited out like one F word or whatever, yeah. but it was just enough to get them a PG thirteen. And since it was a limited release when it went wide, it went wide as thirteen. Huh. And it went R as limited. I'm Whatever. But Don't quote that, me on it, but I mean, I think that's kind of how it went. Yeah. yeah, but even going backwards makes more sense. Like, cutting something or affecting the film to make it PG-13 yeah. versus R. Or just even politicking to be like, guys, it's not an R. Like, think about it. It's not. Well, it was really politicking because it was trying to, this was an Oscar bait. Yeah. We need more people to see this, to talk about it. And it ultimately did what it was supposed to do because I think it went to win... Yeah. Best picture. Best picture or best actor, whatever, but... Uh, yeah, but even that makes more sense to me than going up. 
like going yeah from PG thirteen to R or PG to PG thirteen. Like I, that just seems so out of the raising the concern so much that it needs to be pulled or re-edited yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but. Imagine being 12 and like being like, all right, we're going to go see Gremlins this weekend. And then it's like, oh, it just changed to PG-13 and your mom will let you go. No, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like funny enough, maybe they had, they could have had, they had that opportunity when they sort of like re-released the Star Wars because everything in that canon is PG-13 except for the originals. Well, you know, I think is it the Phantom Menace or one of those PG? Phantom. I'm just thinking when they came out with the special editions, they came out in the theaters, and, you Those know... Those are all PG. The first one to hit PG-13 was Revenge of the Sith. And okay. then everything since then has been PG-13. Yeah. Because, like, PG-13 has become, like, an, I feel like an empty, meaningless rating anyways. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just everything, you slap a PG-13 on, like, comedy. I've seen some, like, fairly violent shit in PG-13, like... Yeah. Like... One that I always think about is like the newer True Grit, where he like he literally shoots him in the face, and you see like it's like one take, and there's blood like against the wall. Is one it PG thirteen or is that R? P thirteen. Really? Yeah. Okay. Coen Brothers just snuck in the headshot somehow. Yeah, I always think of one of the pirates of the Caribbean sequels. Like, is PG thirteen? I remember someone throwing it on, and like within the first five minutes, they like execute some pirates and one of them is like a 13 year old kid and they show them like hang this kid and then it's like jerry bruckheimer presents pirates of the caribbean i remember being like what the fuck is this and like leaving it was like the start of my turn into like being a bitter old hag but like what is this shit yeah. I don't know what ha- what got me on that, but just, like, the PG-13, I think we're so used to it as, like, the base entry level for movies yeah. that are, like, meant to be for everyone, and, you know... The, the range is so wide for yeah. those four years of PG-13 to 17R, like, the... Yeah, like, it, like, it, like, like so it's, like, age six to, like, age 16, essentially. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I find sometimes the push for movies to kind of hit that sweet spot is that you get a movie that, you know, pleases no one, is for no one in some ways. Mm. But, I don't know. I still like Gremlins. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think ultimately for me, I wouldn't turn it off if someone wanted to watch it. Like, if it was on TV, maybe, if I absolutely didn't want to pay attention. And I could look up for all the zany moments yeah. and all of the crazy, you know, brake line cutting, car flipping. Oh, I didn't even talk about my favorite kill, which is when they launched that lady oh, up the, oh, the, the yeah. chair. Yeah. That I didn't I didn't think about it when she was coming down the chair, but when she got back in the chair, I'm like, oh, that's fucking right. Here it comes. Here it comes. And I was going to fucking love this. Well, I knew she was going to die when she got back in the chair because we saw the gremlin tampering with the control box. Or so whatever. much tampering in this movie. Oh, yeah. It's constantly, yeah, chewing on wires, cutting cords, ripping down. Like, I love when Billy's on the phone with his mom. And he's like, Mom, get out. They've hashed. Get out of the house. And then you just see the claw just rip like, like a whole handful of phone wires. But I knew when she sat in that chair, she was going to die. It just was a matter of how. And how fast. <laughs> how fast I she figured was... it would be a fast thing. And I figured maybe there was like a trap at the top of the stairs or something. I did not expect it to be launched through the window. Because those stairs seemed really, really long in the moment. Because she was on that fast stair for a really, really long time. <laughs> um, and then her flying out the window screaming was hilarious. 
and her landing on the sidewalk was hilarious. And the cops looking at the like the feet dangled over the edge of the chair. The heels of her feet, yeah. Yeah, like the Wicked Witch of the West or whatever in the Wizard of Oz underneath the house. Um, East or West? West? West. Uh, East. E- East, East is, is the one that gets eaten yes. by yeah. the house. Yeah. Um, so like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, where you just see the shoes and like the the calf down was just the, the icing on the cake. It was great. I wanted there to be a a trickery with her when she was in the bank and wanted to eat the dog where the dog attacks her of like finding out she had a, you know, pepperoni in her jacket or whatever. Like I wanted her to try to bait the dog and like find out that she is that evil. Um, but I loved her like, I have a sensitive heart. I can't handle the shock. Like it seems so fake and forced yeah. that I wanted it to come uh, to fruition later. But that again was a, another apparent tease that was not to be. But I loved her running from the gremlins, clutching her heart and going, they've come for me. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> like she thinks that's what dying is. It's not the Grim Reaper. Yeah. It's a bunch of gremlins singing Christmas carols at your door and then coming to eat your face or whatever. I love how she's describing how she's going to kill the dog. And that guy next to her is like, that'll do it. Yeah, that'll kill the dog. I'm just surprised everyone at the bank is so okay with her just cutting in line constantly and like shoving dudes out of the way. Deposit this OG check. Karen. Yeah. yeah. But no, I was uh, I was glad that she got hers by launching her out of yeah, it. Her death is definitely the most Earned, satisfying. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Big fan of that one. Yeah. You know, there are those characters every once in a while that you just you want to see him die. Um not as gruesome as it could have been. I feel like Billy's mom kind of got it worse in terms of stuff you could see. Yeah. But getting launched out of windows is pretty funny. <laughs> so I'll take that. <laughs> Now, there is a sequel to this. Just one. There's only one? I thought there was like 50. They are working on a third. Mm, Okay. Um, Second one, have you seen it, Bridget? I've never seen it. Okay. I just know that there's a hot gremlin lady in it. I have seen the hot gremlin lady. (laughs) She's green, and she's she's got the lipstick, and like the pouty lips and everything, like... Yeah, she's she hot. Even no, she's hot. She's, she's hot. so spicy. She's the Phoebe Cates of Gremlins. Yeah. yeah, she's the Phoebe Cates of Gremlins. <laughs> I have seen that, yeah. again, in merch. <laughs> so there is merch for young, hot Gremlin ladies. And I think she's got, like, a feather boa at one point. And honestly, that doesn't even happen until, like, the last, like, five minutes of the movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's not even, like, a main character. It's not even, like, a... <laughs> It's just the most, like, shocking moment. Okay. It's like, because it's, What's the, the whole movie, they're like all, and even in this one, they're all like dude Kremlins. Yeah. So. Except for the one in the bar. But even that one could be a dude just wearing lipstick and yeah. first. So, yeah, they just do a, a more of the cross-dressing element towards yeah. the end of this one. One in drag, if you will. But, yeah, they, Billy and Phoebe Cates both come back. Okay. And so Billy, later, right? Isn't it like 1990 that it comes out? I think so. And Billy is now in the corporate world, working downtown in a city. I don't know what city. Well, yeah, because in- Judge Reinhold told him that he's got to he's got to step his game up if he wants to be a millionaire yeah. by 25 or whatever dumb line he said. But yeah, 1990, I did. Judge. Uh, yeah, I believe so. He goes to work for like a a news channel or like some sort of communications company. And the gremlins somehow run amok there. And Gizmo has a lot more to do in this one. Okay. 
a lot more. And that's probably you've seen more of the merch where he looks like Rambo and he has like a fucking bow and arrow. <laughs> He's got a little red bandana over his 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 head. I haven't I have I have not seen that in a very long time, but I remember being like really up and up the camp. I don't even know what it's called. It's like Gremlins. Gremlins to the new batch. The new batch, okay. And the tagline on the poster says, here they grow again. Oh, I loved when they cut to like that dance music and the, one of the Gremlins is like dancing. Well, it's and, got like, flash dance. Like, yeah, flash dance or whatever. And, <laughs> and, yeah. And then it's doing like a break dance spin on one, like on one hand. It's just like spinning around in circles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The poster says, we told you, remember the rules. You didn't listen. Gremlins to the new batch. Here they grow again. I'm I'm looking up the plot right now. Oh, Mr. Wing dies. Gizmo becomes a guinea pig. Oh, but he's rescued by Billy and his fiance Kate. Oh, good. I'm glad they're still together. Tony Randall is a uh, is a gremlin voice. In yeah, that Christopher one. Lee is also in this movie. Yep. <laughs> a lot of familiar faces in Gremlins One, though. I yeah. every, every like pretty much every scene, I was like, wait, I know that person. Wait, I know that person too. I know that guy. <laughs> it, Bridget, safe to say this is your favorite Judge Reinhold Christmas movie. I assume it's this and uh, Santa Claus. This is yeah. Santa Claus. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. was this is yeah. superior. Far superior. I do love the poster for Gremlins too, where it's that corporate CEO, like fat cat leather chair, like high back leather chair, and it's got the gremlin scrapes on it. And it's just a gremlin hand uh ashing a cigar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a boss. Sits in the, the drawer uh to the desk. Ridiculous. Does this movie when does Fast Times come out? Uh Fast Times came out before this. Okay. So Phoebe was already a household name. A household name. Yeah. And then Gremlins too, obviously put her on the map again. <laughs> I have to assume. <laughs> yeah, two years before it was Fast Times, so that came out in eighty two. Yeah. Yeah, see like Gremlins two is they say here on the wiki we get page two, like that's more of a parody of a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. So you have like Gizmo turning into like a Rambo type of character, taking shit in his own hands and being more of like a Macaulay Culkin situation or Kevin McAllister where he's just mm-hmm. DIYing his shit like all the way through the building. They make fun of the Wizard of Oz, Marathon, man, the fan of the opera, a whole bunch of shit. But yeah, I completely bombed. And yeah, I don't really see a need for a sequel. I'm good. Like I, how contrived in the sequel is the reemergence of more gremlins? Is it still the same thing of like Gizmo accidentally gets wet? And... One of them is so hazy on this. I know at some point, like, a gremlin turns into, like, it's like a gremlin spider or something. They turn into, like, they sort of, like, metamorphose into some sort of lot uglier, bigger creatures, if you will. Bigger bosses for Gizmo to go up against. But yeah, it looks like it's just another accidental. Like, there's a a flying gremlin in this one. (laughs) Like a winged gremlin, like a fucking gargoyle. So... I would like to I'm not see... trying to convince you to no, watch. No, no, no. <laughs> You're not going to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would like I would have liked to see some variations on the the gremlin physique, not just the costuming. I think that would have gone a lot further in making it seem more differentiated and less like, oh, it's just a new vignette yeah, a with sombrero, a... a Santa hat, yeah, like, a ski mask. It's like, okay, cool. You put a different hat on the same gremlin. So like having a wing gremlin would be cool or having a lady gremlin would be cool or having one that, you know, is bulkier and is like a tank kind of thing. Like it would have been nice to have a little bit of variation in that because it would have changed the vignettes a bit as opposed to everyone being a wire chewing, wire ripping, throwing stuff gremlin. Yeah. Though I did like him throwing the buzz saws and 
shooting uh, Billy with the tiny gremlin-sized crossbow. Which I was <laughs> yes. like, all right, so that's a handheld crossbow, which they exist, but it's the size of the gremlin. Where did that come from? Like, why did why is Sears and Roebuck in this universe making the noisy cricket of <laughs> crossbows? <laughs> It was a different time. Where, it's yeah. the like, most it's... claustrophobic department store ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It just... J- yeah. You take three steps and you walk through like five departments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can turn while you're in the toy section and then you're staring into the gun and ammo cabinet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if we had maybe spent more time in the department store, it could have been like a fun Home Alone style thing of like Billy having to navigate room by room all these different gremlin traps or gremlin yeah. schemes and i think that would have also added some variety to the proceedings and not just have it be well, again wire pulling and jumping yeah. and laughing yeah yeah laugh like honey <laughs> yeah. yeah just a little bit more variety and i think i would have liked this exponentially more than i do because again it's it's fun like there's fun elements to it but it it didn't knock my socks off of like oh man this is yeah. uh like, I, I totally get why it's classic. If I had seen this as a kid, I think I'd be on board with it. I think I'd have a gremlin shelf in here somewhere. And I don't fault anybody for having that. I just think because it's well a lot of the same, mm-hmm. it doesn't hit the same way for me watching it as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. And I, in watching it, I was like, I this is probably going to be exactly how Adam's going to react to. Mm-hmm. Is that it just... Because I it's more of a, I feel like, oh, uh, I remember watching this. I remember seeing this. Nostalgia does a lot for this movie. It does. It does mm-hmm. a lot, yeah. But yeah, I mean, overall, still in, still enjoyed it. It was a fine a fine movie with parts I like and parts I didn't. Cool. Yeah. Bridget, any last? Um, no, just uh, a request out there to all of our listeners. If you know anyone who has footage of Joe Dante putting a gremlin helmet on a monkey, please contact us. <laughs> yeah, <I> wa- <laughs> our DMs are open. I want to see it. <laughs> I need, <laughs> I need to see it. Slide on in. Slide right in, please. With an MP4 of monkeys <laughs> defecating in Joe Dante's office. You know what? It could be old or new. I'm not saying put monkeys in Joe Dante's office, but if you have video footage from even the 90s of a monkey shitting on Joe yeah, Dante's yeah. desk, I want to see it. That's even awesome. just a monkey shitting on a desk, we'll take that too. Yeah. <laughs> and send us your favorite monkey video. Yeah, we're just not, while you're at we're it. not yeah. picky. Tis the season. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to feel some holiday cheer, that's all. More monkeys pooping, please. Yeah. Cool. Well, Adam, take it away then, bud. All right. Well, thank you for showing me uh, Gremlins, uh, a fun holiday classic from the 80s, which can't really be bad. Any kind of fun 80s comedy Christmas classic is just going to be good. But that'll do it for this week's episode of Fine I'll Watch It. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine I'll Watch It every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. So let us know what you think of Gremlins. Do you enjoy the sequel? Who is your favorite Gremlin? And why is it the noir one or the ski mask one? Basically any Gremlin that holds a gun. Uh, let us know <laughs> on, on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pod. But once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And I'm Johnny. And thanks so much for listening. 